Ladies and germs, welcome to the 36th episode of the Two Touch Podcast. We're doing something a little bit different this week or this Thursday. I'll be your host today. This is Bones. And today I will be joined by my buddy, Trev. So you may ask, why are we switching it up? Why is it not Trevor's luscious voice you hear when you first start the podcast? And here's why. Every week, usually around the time, or usually around an hour after or during the match, hour after, the, uh, hour after United plays, I usually get a flurry of comments from Trev. Oh, United needs to do this. United needs to get that. United needs this. United needs that. And rather than me hearing it and responding for the thousandth millionth time, I figured, why don't you guys get to respond and listen to, to Trev rant? I'm a little tired of it. So what we're going to be doing today is me asking him, what does United actually need? Let's get it onto the table so that Ed Woodward and his recently appointed director of football, director of transfers, whatever, get to hear it from the source. So, Trev, you ready to get started? Yeah, yeah, I am. That was, that was a pretty good intro. Thanks, dude. Yeah. All right, so, Trev, let's get down to brass tacks. Given, what, uh, given the United that you saw today, or that you see today, and given that Ole's probably going to be around for a little bit longer, particularly because the reports today are that United are working on an extension for Ole. Where are their holes? Why are they just perennial second placers in, in the past couple of years? What do they need to do to strengthen their club so that they can get back to the prominence that they had under Sir Alex Ferguson? It's a tough question. First of all, perennial second placers is very generous of you because <laughs> yeah. we, uh, we're very lucky to be sitting in second place right now. And the, the year that we came in second under Mourinho was probably like the worst second place team in Premier League history. So very generous of you. Well, I, I've, I've learned that if I come in hot and insult you to begin with, that's just a miserable <laughs> next 45 minutes for me. And we're not going to get anything out of it. <laughs> You're smart. You came into this very uh, strategically, didn't you? You yeah. had a game plan this whole time. It's what they uh, teach you in business school. <laughs> okay, so uh, just to clear some things up, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Ole is probably getting a new deal soon. That is very, what's the word? Divisive amongst the supporters. I actually am an Ole fan. I, I think he's done nothing but progress the, the club since he's been here. I think, you know, most of the people complaining about him kind of hang on the same exact thing. Like we have no tactical identity or uh, whatever. He just makes dumb decisions and that sort of stuff. And I think, um, I think he has definitely made mistakes in his time as a manager, but I, I think a lot of that narrative is bullshit. I think it's very clear that we're trying to shift towards a narrative or uh, sorry, an identity as far as like a style of play. You know, we, when he took over the team, the only way we could get results were sitting back, absorbing attacks and then hoping that we can hit them on the counter. And we were very good at that, but that only can get you so far in today's game. And so you can see a transition where we're trying to play a little bit more possession style football. And I think that's the reason why, why the defense has been exposed so much recently because in the past we could just pack it in, protect that back line, never get too stretched out. And the defense was great then, but then 
now we're trying to actually have build-up play and play through the midfield and you know press and win the ball back high up the pitch and what happens is it stretches us out a ton and then we have two incredibly slow defenders that end up getting caught out or you know having to get in foot races and they can't win those and that's i mean whenever you think of harry Maguire screwing up the image of it is him one-on-one with a with the attacking player in space and he just gets burned because you know he's not the he's not the quickest to put it nicely. So anyways, long rant. I'm an Ole fan. I think what he's doing is great. I don't know if he's going to, you know, I don't know if we're ever going to, he's not going to become Sir Alex Ferguson, but, and, you know, obviously there's better managers out there, but I think he's a fantastic manager for where we are right now. And that there's still, uh, we still have a, a lot to achieve with him. So I think he's perfect right now. I can't think of a manager that's available right now that would be better than him. And let's also add in that he's cut a lot of the dead weight that's been on the squad since Moyes. Maybe maybe Louis van Gaal, maybe Moyes is a bit of a stretch, but he was able to get a lot of wages off of the bill, which other managers haven't been able to do. So kudos yeah. to him in that regard, too. I'm, I mean, some of the dead weights from Sir Alex Ferguson. You know, we still have Phil Jones somehow. People forget that. Yeah. And, and uh, But we just recently got rid of Chris Schmalling, which I actually don't think he was the most immediate need to get rid of, but that's probably why it was easier to get rid of him because he's serviceable. But <laughs> yeah. uh, you Bill know, Jones, not so much. Right, right. I, I like honestly forgot that he was still part of the, the team until recently. Yeah, so what needs to happen? Also, another thing to clear up is that, you know, most United supporters say two things. Need to get rid of Ole, need to get rid of the Glazers. The Glazers are the owners of the club. You can't do that. Yeah, tougher to do that. The Glazers aren't going anywhere. And even if, even if you, even if it was an option for them to go somewhere, the supporters aren't going to make that happen. It's just the harsh reality. There's been plenty of campaigns to, you know, try to get rid of the Glazers, and it's just, it's not going to happen. So, but you also think that supporters are never happy or completely happy with ownership. They're always claiming, oh, we we need to spend more. We need to do this. We need to do that. And that's just the reality of of football obviously there are ownership there are owners and ownership contingents that are are less hated than others for instance mike ashley is is universally hated whereas you know uh, the the saudi um the saudi owners and and uh, the saudi owners of 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 city and and um you know psg so on and so forth you know, they spend the big bucks. They don't necessarily win all the time, but, you know, they're, they're not always loved, but they're not, not always hated. They're, they're actually hated by other club supporters because of the very messed up things that go on off the pitch that they're all associated with. But the, the actual supporters of the club are happy with them because they open up the, the, uh, the wallet. Good point. Anyway, so moving on, we're at this place where we want United to be better. Getting rid of the Glazers isn't an option. Getting rid of Ole, I don't think is the solution and is not the option right now. So what can what can happen? So for a long time it was, you know, Woodward, the he's essentially the CEO of Manchester United, and in that role he it a big part of it was dealing with the transfers, the budget for the transfers. He was doing a lot of the negotiating. He was doing a lot of the targeting of the players obviously supposed to be working with the manager, but there's been conflicting reports of that in the past. So basically our, our transfer business in recent years has been a joke. We've definitely brought in some good players, but it was 
never easy. It was ne- it was always a song and dance with it, and often we we definitely overpaid. Harry Maguire, I'm actually I'm relatively happy with him, but the second you tack tack that eighty million fee to him, it's just ridiculous. He's not worth that. That's not even his fault. It's just it's Woodward's fault. He's a he's an idiot. So, anyways. <laughs> The good news is that they finally, after years and years of rumors of uh, appointing a director of football, they finally did. And the director of football is going to be working with the scouts, the the financial people, the manager to essentially take care of all football-related business that's not directly tied to the pitch. So in theory, this could be fantastic for the club. Uh, I'll, I'll use a phrase that Bones loves is, it remains to be seen, but... I can't imagine it getting worse than than Woodward handling it. So I think that's pretty positive. That is news as of like two weeks ago. So good stuff there. So now it gets into the fun stuff. What do we need as a as a team (laughs) to to get better? And I change my mind every other day. That is true. I'll confirm that. (laughs) So I guess the obvious needs are in no in no order right now. I'll get into the priority in a second. There's we don't have a right winger right now. We we roll out Dan James every now and then, and you know, bless his little heart, he tries really hard, but he's not <laughs> he's not a Manchester United quality top you know starting. He's it's he's not even of the quality to really be on the bench if you look at the top level United teams in the past. And then we have Mason Greenwood play there a lot, and he's been very productive in the past. The season's a little slower. It is what it is. He's, you know, super young and tuckered out. And plus, Greenwood isn't really a right winger. He's our future number nine striker. He needs more reps there anyways. Problem is, we we need someone on the right <laughs> that will help help be productive. So that's an issue. Then, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about our center back pairing. We got two cement-footed center backs at our first choice role with Lindelof and Harry Maguire. And... You know, it's easy to give him flack, but I honestly think Harry Maguire is a very good center back. Again, not worth eighty million, but I think he just needs the right pairing. Eric Bai seems like that guy should be his ideal pairing because he's very quick, very athletic. He's he offers things that Maguire doesn't, and then what Bai lacks, Maguire actually makes up for with positioning and. I think I think Maguire actually is a smart player. He just lacks some physical tools. And then third on the list for positions that are needed for starting is the sort of defensive midfielder. Right now we roll out Fred and McTominay, better known as McFred, as sort of <laughs> two deep-lying, defensive-minded midfielders. We do this to protect our back line. For the exact reasons I mentioned earlier, with the you know getting stretched out and just getting beat in general. So the problem with McFred is that neither of them are truly defensive midfielders, and because of that, we need both of them there to kind of make up the role of a single defensive midfielder. So those are the three spots that are obvious, right? Right wing, defensive midfielder, and a center back. I would argue across the rest of the pitch, we can stack up with pretty much anyone else. Maybe we're lacking a world-class striker. But when you really dig down to it, I don't think scoring goals is our problem. 
It's a combination of That's probably true. Yeah, it's a combination of we're just we're just a little bit not good at good enough at everything to be properly elite, I would say. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good assessment. I like that. Yeah, cuz as much as whenever we concede and they say our defense sucks, statistically our defense is not that bad. It's actually in the top third of the Premier League. But there's like the same exact issues every single time. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I'd have to think that the only team that's worse at defending set pieces is Leeds. Then it's got to be United's got to be close. It's 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 every time there's a set piece, especially late in the match, I feel like we're going to concede. So it seems like you 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 fix that, then our defenses looks much better on paper. All right, so let's start digging into this then. You know, I've heard those three positions. And as you said, no specific order thrown around as what United really need. And it's usually in a long rant on a Saturday or Sunday morning. I'm usually then yelled at because I don't respond quick enough. And, That's not you know, true. we start getting into a couple of the different options. It's tough because, you know, soccer transfers to a certain extent are, are kind of like a black box. But, you know, let's start thinking about who could actually fill those roles? And let's go back to what you said about center back. You had actually just sent me a report that Eric Bailly is not happy with the current situation, as to be expected. He's not really playing that much, even when he's fully healthy. I am of the mind, as, as you are, that him paired with McGuire is a much, sol- much more solid United defense than the pairing between McGuire and Lindelof. And I am just dumbfounded as to why Ole does not roll Eric Bailly out or hasn't um, in the past couple of weeks because I, I just think that he's a much much more complete player and offers a lot more than than what Lindelof and McGuire together will offer you so if he leaves then that there goes all the athleticism that you currently have uh, yeah. obviously you've got Axel Tuenzebe but he's relatively untested young he probably needs to get still get to get his sea legs under him so what does United? What can United legitimately do at that position? But also looking at the center defensive midfielder position and right wing, where are we looking? So I think I've settled on this as far as priority goes. I'm trying to be budget minded too, which is stupid because who knows what the budget will be. But defensively, I I'm I'm nervous that we'll get desperate. If we if the team focuses on that and spends another eighty million on a non eighty million dollar defender like Harry Maguire, I don't know if that's the best move. So for me in my head, actually, the top priority position for this transfer window, as the one that I would be most happy with, not tying a strict budget to, is a defensive midfielder, and that's that's new for okay. me. And the reason why I do this is, is a couple things. So first of all, obviously it protects, if you have a class defensive midfielder, they protect Harry Maguire and whoever his partner is. They probably do it single hand. If it's a true center defensive midfielder, they probably do it better than Fred and McTominay do as a pairing. And then if we really have, you know, if say we're playing against a juggernaut like Manchester city or shout out to Bayern Munich, they, Ooh we could have that defensive midfielder that's a true defensive midfielder and then have, you know, the energy, the energizer bunny that's Fred play next to him to also help out or something like that. You know, 
that, that at least just gives us a little bit more rock solid foundation. And another reason why I think the defensive midfield area is important is because part of the defensive midfield area isn't just defense. It's also moving the ball from the defensive end into the more attacking roles. So getting it up to the 10, get it up to Bruno Fernandez, get it up to Rashford, get it off to get it up to whoever's playing on the right wing. Right now you'll see McTominay or Fred try to do it. And the chances that their passes are connecting are, I don't know, maybe 50, 50, just a number I'm throwing out there, but it seems like often that they're, they're misguided passes. So we're lacking that connection. And then on top of that, there's been a narrative recently that United doesn't have enough creative players because we rely so much on Bruno and Bruno has, Bruno has ridiculous stats, but without Bruno, we're, we're nothing. I think that's actually wrong. I think that we have a ton of creative players that right now we can't fit them all in the right places. So if you dig down into it, it's Bruno always plays 10, right? We can't play mm-hmm. Bruno and Pogba in the same midfield because then there's a defensive liability. We almost always have to have Fred and McTominay. So if that's the case, then Bruno, or if that's the case, then Pogba actually moves to sort of the left side of the front three. So now Pogba's playing out of his natural position. He's moved to the left side of the front three. And what that does is then move moves Rashford over to the right side, which he's definitely not as good at. He's so much better on the left. So just to accommodate and try to get our best players on the pitch, two of them have to be out of position because we don't have, because we need to have Fred and McTominay to feel good defensively. So there's, that's just a massive problem. And then there, there, there lies the big issue, right? If, if, if basically we have all these creative players that are, some of them are world-class and we can't, it's hard for us to get them all on the, on the pitch at the same time in their right positions, a defensive midfielder, that's actually a reliable defensive midfielder unlocks all of that. So it's almost like we're gaining a bunch of positions back. So having a midfield, I'm going to throw out some names. They're wishful thinking, but the, you know, the two most obvious ones for anyone that, you know, listens to this pod, they watch the premier league, Declan Rice and Ndidi of Leicester. They're two very good defensive midfielders that are also very good at linking up with the players in front of them. If you have a player like that, doesn't necessarily need to be them. There's a lot of players in this world that would allow Pogba to be in the midfield with Bruno. That would allow Rashford to stay on the left side. And this would also allow us to play Donnie more often because then it could be a Bruno Pogba Donnie sort of rotation, which is desperately needed right now because Bruno's running out of gas. Pogba already got injured this year. He obviously needs to get uh, his minutes a little bit more managed. So being more confident with Donnie in the side, it's just, it would be good all around. And then, with that, in theory, you'd think more goals would come because we have more creative people on the field at the same time. So I think what a right winger would bring to us, obviously it would allow us to have more balance on the pitch, but I think the, the meaningfulness of what we need right now is a little bit less. Defensive midfielder obviously also protects the back line, doesn't fix all the needs. We also need probably another center back. That profile of that center back is a fast, athletic, ideally left-footed, so they could actually play on the left center back side. That just allows for better passing lanes uh, from that side. And Maguire's been filling it for now, which he really should be on the right. I don't know who that is in the world. I'm not a, a, a defensive scout, but there's got to be someone out there. At least, maybe not left-footed, but at least of the athletic, faster profile. Basically an Eric Bailly, but one that stays healthy. Yeah, 
Well, you know, you gave us a lot to think about there. I've been thinking about that for quite some time, considering you badger me with it every week. But, hey, it's out there. Now, United, United the club know it. They're going to hear it because they obviously listen to the Two Touch podcast. And maybe they'll get some of this done. So here's my last question. What do you put the odds at that United can execute on one of the three that you mentioned? Or even just two of the three? I think I think there's a very I think there's probably a ninety percent chance that they execute on one of them. Okay. But that shouldn't be reassuring for any supporter because what that could mean is spending a hundred million on Sancho, which we should all be very excited for Sancho if he comes to the club. I mean he's a world class player. But in my opinion, that's not one of the bigger needs right now. And if we spend $100 million on him, that means we don't have much money to actually upgrade the other positions that are probably more important at this stage. It's, it's, a, it's a tough – I love Sancho. You know, the, Bones, you can vouch for me. I mean, last summer I was foaming at the mouth the idea that he was going to come to Manchester United. and He adds another creative presence. He adds balance to the attack. But United are more than one player away from mm-hmm. from being a finished product, and True. so if we go with Sancho in this winter transfer window, or sorry, summer transfer window, then we probably won't get that defensive midfielder. We probably won't get a, a, a true starting center back to go along with Harry Maguire. So what it means is we got a shiny new toy. We're going to score a bunch of goals, but we're not going to bridge that gap with Manchester City. We need probably another year and in that entire time waiting we gotta keep our fingers crossed that they actually pull off the right deal again which is we know is just you never know what's going to happen like um so i think the chances of filling one of the spots is very high my confidence in doing it the right way is very low <laughs> so yeah i mean that's it is what it is we'll have to wait and see and i lied to you that wasn't my last question a follow-up question to that them being able to to at least fill one of those those needs, is that contingent on player sales? And does that mean David De Gea is on his way out? Ooh, that's a whole other can of worms, which I could rant on for a long time. But I don't think it is contingent on it. I think ideally we we do sell a few players. It will help us a lot. So I think Jesse Lingard is going to be gone. I think he's going to go to West Ham. And I think he actually might fetch a pretty decent fee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking $30 million plus, which is very good considering he was not even in the squad for United. Mm-hmm. Then De Gea, it hurts me to say this, but we have to sell him, I think. The problem is I don't think we can. I don't. If we can, it's going to be for a pretty low fee because his wages are insane. And there's only the only team that is realistic in my mind that could come in that would be one maybe willing to to buy him and pay his wages. There's only one team, and it's PSG. And it doesn't yeah. actually make sense to me because they have Kaylor Navas, and I think he's a fantastic keeper. I don't think I don't know if that's even an upgrade to be honest. It probably is a little bit, but I don't think it's a huge upgrade and probably not worth a big money transfer fee, which is what PSG probably would have to pay. So yeah. I think De Gea is stuck at United. Unless he gets fed up and not playing, because Henderson 
beat him out and he's like fuck it i'll take a pay cut to go play somewhere that's a long shot though but yeah those are those are the obvious ones to me and i think they would help out a lot i think if we if those type of sales can happen then there's a better chance that we get two of the players that we need maybe not superstars but and any sort of defensive midfielder that's actually a defensive midfielder like even like a ruben neves from wolves would be a massive upgrade over what we have right now well listeners you should consider yourself lucky there you have it i just like to point out though that you know i am the gracious host for this week that allowed trevor to vent for an entire episode about what his favorite team needs you don't see him saying the same thing for me and and byron he actually cuts me off whenever we talk about byron but one can only hope with that i'm i'm bones oh wait a second First of all, you stuttered, so here comes here comes a window for me. We're a Premier League podcast, Bones. But if but, you, you want know. the next episode to be about Chelsea, because you do like Chelsea, we can talk about Chelsea. Regardless, for Trev, <laughs> I'm Bones. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Uh-huh.